Well, I must tell you, this was an absolutely, it still is a wonderful, a wonderful time for me, really. Uh, and I really, I feel guilty because of this, because I realize what's going on in the, in the economy, in the economy. I know how many people are losing their jobs. I can see how poverty increases. It's not, it's not any uh, numbers that I can watch, numbers that I follow, and uh, and all the economic statistics showing this. I can actually see this. I can see this where I where I stay and close around people r- losing their jobs and people poverty increasing and people begging begging on it. You can feel the poverty, and poverty encroaching on us. Um, but for me personally, this was this was a, a really good time. It is a very good time. Our business is doing exceptionally well. Unfortunately, quite often for the wrong reasons. Uh, but the business is doing is absolutely booming. Personally, things are doing are going very well with me. But like I've said, I feel a little bit guilty in this in the sea of poverty, where where personally I'm doing actually quite well. Uh, and also on a personal level, what one what one tries to do is to try to get involved in your community and try to get involved in society and try to assist and support wherever you can. But the demand and the help required out there is simply overwhelming. Um, and that really, really depresses me. Mm-hmm. Do you think this is how you're going to work from now on? You don't see yourself um, going back to the office? I think what we're currently seeing is really nothing new. It's new in terms of the virus, of course. It's them. It's new in terms of the lockdown and all that. But the, the trends, some of the trends that we're currently witnessing, are trends that have been quite well established before the lockdown. And a very good example is that people are working more on the internet. People are shopping on the internet. You're making use of the internet. Telecommunications really changed our lives. And with that, th- certain other things are changing like people working uh, from home. So so I've got a suspicion that these trends were very well established already and they are simply being, uh, the, the lockdown simply accelerated many of these trends. And personally, I don't think I'm ever going to go back to to full-time office again. I think in future, most of my meetings will be either on Zoom or in Teams or there are so many of these meeting platforms nowadays. Uh, most of those will be there. And in the meantime, what I've done, I've really made sure that I've got all the necessary equipment to make my life quite easy working from home. So I don't think, I don't think I'm ever going to go back to office the way that I used to work a year ago. I think from now on, I will be working from home and we can see it all over the place. So we can see certain trends already changing. Like for instance, I believe that the city centers are going to really collapse uh, worldwide, not only in South Africa, because mm. cities cities used to be the magnet for talent. That's not the case anymore. People don't move to It's not necessary to move to cities anymore. You can simply work from home and you can still be in contact with whoever as long as you have a connection somewhere. So the, the trend and this new thing of working from home, I believe that is very, very well established now. And that will lead to significant social and changes and the way that we work uh, and things like for example retail price uh, residential property prices will change where people live will change and that will lead to things like for example to collapse in the inner cities and things like that and certain social changes as well so this is a big change but it has been coming for quite some time you spoke about uh, poverty and how you see it uh, happening and unfolding in front of you. What what challenges? Uh, what other challenges would you say, or that come with that poverty, would you say are facing South Africa or will face the country post COVID, Davi? As an economist, I can tell you the normal problems that we have in a country. We've got some 
significant fiscal problems. That means the fiscal accounts. We've got many other problems. We are simply de-industrializing in South Africa. And we've got many of those normal issues. But everything, I believe, starts with a proper and a solid uh, primary education. And with a primary education, I don't necessarily mean, or even secondary education, I don't mean qualifications. I I mean the real and the required skills and the development of those skills for the people in South Africa to participate in this new modern economy. And I'm afraid we are really uh, falling very far short on providing, especially our poor people, the necessary skills to be citizens and productive workers in a new technologically driven economy. And I think it starts off with, with primary education. It starts off with grade one. Uh, it's not it's not a matter of money because we spend more on education than most countries in the world. It is certainly a matter of something else. I think we approach it totally totally incorrectly. So the biggest challenge, as far as I'm is that we need to really train our kids uh, to be productive citizens in this new technologically driven world in which we are in. Then, of course, there are many other challenges as well. I think uh, the normal. Um, political leadership challenges that we have. We have a government that's doing immense damage to the South African economy. It, uh, there's corruption, there's, there's simple, straightforward incompetence in government, and they, they're damaging the South African economy. We're losing, we're losing confidence in South Africa. Investors are losing confidence. So that's another major problem. Fortunately, that's something that can be fixed quite easy. But education and the lack thereof, it's going to take us literally generations uh, really to fix that, to get South Africa uh, to be where we certainly can go. Tell us a bit about your your upbringing, uh, Davi. You know, when we speak to you on African Dialogue, it's always numbers. It's always about um, what do we see coming out of the of the midterm budget. But you know, you're telling me now about education, and I'm I'm picking up that this is a very close matter to you, and uh, it's something that you really value. Tell us a bit about your your upbringing and the role education played. I was really, really fortunate in that I grew up uh, on a farm. I could uh, I could speak Sutu before I could speak Afrikaans, which is oh, my wow. own language. So, <laughs> well, uh, and I grew up... <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and uh, so I, was, I spoke Sutu before, and I literally grew up with my friends on the farm. I, I only wore shorts, <laughs> looking after my father's goats, or my grandfather's goats, rather. And uh, I, I ate uh, grasshoppers and mupani worms and bird eggs and maroch and pap and all of that. That's how I grew up. Um, and I was really fortunate growing up like that, to grow up close to nature. But I was also fortunate in some other levels. My, my parents were not rich people, um, not in terms of money, but they were very, very wealthy in terms of something else. And that is, I believe, that they passed on certain values to me, the importance of respect for elderly people, the importance of respect for people, and the importance of of reading, and the importance of trying to get the proper, and again, I don't like the word education, I mm. prefer the word skills development, mm. but important to have skills, and important to respect other people's property. Those are the sort of values that I learned from my parents that are far, far more valuable than you can, what the best qualification you can get in the world. Um, and that's how I grew up. So I grew up in the, in, the, in the rural areas. And eventually I started studying at university. And people always ask me why I studied economics. And I think there are two reasons. Two reasons. The one is that the economics is the study of people. It's not the study of markets. 
Markets is, is not something else. We are the markets. So when you talk about economics, it's, you're talking about people. And I, and I love people, and I want to understand why people are doing certain things. And, 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 and economics is the place to go to. Uh, and uh, that's why I studied. That's part of the reason why I studied economics. And the second reason, I always tell this jokingly, but there's a lot of truth in it, and that is that economics was the only subject that they could really pass. So in a, in a way, <laughs> economics found me. And uh, so th- those are the reasons why I studied economics. And, and even today, when I look at the numbers, I always try to find the, the faces behind the numbers because in the end, Economics is not about graphs and formulas and theories and things. Economics is about people. And the only reason why economists talk about economic theory and use graphs and formulas and things is because those are tools in the hands of economists to understand people better. And I think what we need to understand, and, and I want to blame professors in economics at the universities for this, is that people should try to get a... To, to understand that economics is not about numbers, but it is about people, and perhaps we should get the professor in economics at the universities to tell that in the first lesson uh, to uh, to the first year economic students that it is only about people because that's only what really matters now. You talk about how you are you you, you always strive to find the faces behind uh, the people. How do you do this? I mean, is this part of who you are? Your love for people, your respect for people. Yes, I think that is. I think, and quite often economists make the mistake by thinking, and that's why people say economists are heartless people. I think the lockdown is a very good example of that. Many economists, including myself, are arguing that we should stop the lockdown as soon as possible uh, because people think that economists are only interested in money and not interested in people, which is completely and totally wrong. Uh, And looking at the lockdown, it's an excellent example of what we're talking about now, is that the lockdown, the reasoning behind the lockdown is that because we want to save lives. That is basically the reason why we have the lockdown. But we also have to remember that in the process, we're undermining the economy. We're undermining people's right to create a living for themselves. And that in itself is probably going to cost many more lives than the lockdown itself. So I think the current... The current situation in which we found ourselves is an actual, actually a very, very good example of how economic conditions uh, is influ- affecting people's lives as well. And what we are actually doing, I believe, at the moment is that we are doing more damage to people's lives with the lockdown mm-hmm. than the number of lives that we're going to save mm-hmm. because of the lockdown. During this period of of the lockdown since last year and now, what are two things that you say you've learned about yourself and two things you've learned about people in general? Well, I think the most important thing that I learned about people, what I learned about South Africans, and this is something that I've I've known before, but certainly, I mean, I learned this very important lesson all the time, and that is South Africans make a plan. And uh, and some of the plans that we are making are, are quite interesting. Like, and a very good example perhaps has to do with when there was this lockdown on cigarettes that you were not allowed to buy cigarettes. Mm. And currently we've got this, this thing about alcohol ban. But uh, anybody knows, if you're a smoker, you can get cigarettes. And you get the, the, the people are really innovative when it comes to economics and when it comes to creating a living for yourself and alcohol as well even during the lockdown you can go to some restaurant apparently mm. i've heard about this and you can order tea and they will miraculously <laughs> turn into wine that sort of stuff and even even with the and the hard lockdown during 
when with alcohol you could get anything. You can literally get anything. And I think and, and perhaps there's a joke to this and maybe we should frown upon these sort of actions. But the but the reality the reality is that South Africans are making a plan. And that's one example of that. And that South Africans are making a plan on all sort of levels. What I've learned about myself is that and I think I've been trying to do that before as well, is that, you know, there are really people battling out there and I, I suddenly found out that I'm always I'm also uh, part of a community and a society mm. and uh, I, now I know the names of my neighbors now I know mm. of the other neighbor around the corner that's really bad <laughs> and uh, we're working together to assist our neighbors so suddenly there's a community we rediscovered the community and I think perhaps the the, 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 the rushed um, lives that we had previously was slowed down and in the process we rediscovered ourselves but not only that our families all of a sudden i know my kids better my wife better but Mm -hmm. also i i realize i'm part of a society and and i think that's perhaps the, the single most important positive aspect of this lockdown is that we rediscovered one another again and we're starting to start functioning as a society that cares for one another the way it should be there definitely is light at the end of the tunnel for South Africa and for South Africans. Davi, for you, what would that light be? Uh, I think South Africans gone through a very difficult time pre- previously. And somebody, did, somebody once said, the best never happens in South Africa and the worst never happens in South Africa. Uh, I think uh, previously we, uh, we, we stood together to, make some, to achieve certain political changes in South Africa. And I think we are at the same crossroad today. Uh, we have to stand together and we have to enforce certain political changes in South Africa. Because I would argue that we've got major economic issues in South Africa, but before we can really address and fix those economic questions, we need to fix the political issues here. And the reality is, is that we have a government that's doing immense damage to the South African economy. It's a corrupt government. It's a destructive government. And we as South Africans, it's our responsibility to make sure that it doesn't stay like that forever. And I think that's the light in the tunnel. It maybe takes some time, but eventually those things that are really undermining this economy in this country, we can fix that as South Africans. And that, I believe, South Africans will do eventually. Before I say goodbye to you, Davi, you know, just listening to you already is bringing some, um, you know, some hope for me as well as an individual. What can people do now to to survive or to get through this rough period just as an ordinary, on an ordinary level, simple, uh, basic things that people should be doing or can do now to, to really just get through yes. this period? Yeah, I think there are a couple of things. I think there are some practical things that you need to do. But before you can do those practical things, I think there's something that, that we have to fix in, your, in yourself. Uh, and that is, um, for my philosophy in life, is that the most important person in this country, and the most important per- person in the world is me. It's myself. And with that, I don't mean it in a bad way. I mean it in, a, in the most positive, positive way possible. Because, you know, I mean, for example, there was a time when we could still fly, and I can remember getting into the airplane, and they always tell you, if something goes wrong, make sure you've got access to, to the oxygen before you assist anybody else. Mm. And that's important. Look after yourself, like yourself, make sure that you are happy, uh, and it's very difficult to, 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 to like yourself quite often. And just imagine 
if you don't like yourself, how miser- miserable life is going to be because you're going to live with this person for a very long time. So like yourself, look after yourself and understand that you are the most important person in the world and, and, and demand to be treated as the most important person in the world. And then your second responsibility is to look after other people the way that you like to, other people to look after you. Be a, have respect to other people, assist other people to do that. I think that's the beginning. That's the most important philosophical start in life. And then from there on, do the normal stuff. Make sure that you've got a plan. A plan is so important. That's a family plan, including things like, for example, what, where do we want to go to as a family? But that also includes a retirement plan. It includes a budget, for example. Mm-hmm. So have a budget. Um, make sure you have a budget. Make sure the sums add up. And also, also plan for those unforeseen things, where things can start going wrong. You know, put some money away if you possibly can. And don't go if, if something fails, if you fail at something, that is actually a wonderful thing happening to you because you've tried something, you at least have tried something, and now you know this thing doesn't work. So don't see it as a failure, see it as a lesson in life, and then go out and do something else and until you find something that will work. And believe me, there are things that will work. And maybe on a personal note, if I may say this, um, I'm not a good sportsman, Um, so I'm not telling you the following story because I'm a good sportsman, Mm. but I do all sort of funny things in terms of sport. I've done many marathons. Uh, I've run a couple of uh, comrades. I've done Ironman, these Ironman competitions. I've done all sort of funny things. I've run over frozen lakes and all that. Uh, I've got national colors and power paramotoring and stuff like that. Again, I'm not a good sportsman. The reason I'm telling you this, why I've run over a frozen lake in the middle of winter in Siberia is because I tried. That's the reason I'm telling you this. Mm. And I actually could do that because I tried. And I guess that is perhaps the most important lesson that I've learned in life is that you are without a doubt going to be um, a, a disaster. You're not going to be successful if you don't try anything. And the only way of uh, achieving success in anything is to at least try it. So try stuff that you don't think you will be successful in and you will be amazed how wrong you can be and how many things you can actually make a success of.